talk about um, Sefer Barishas, we think about it, Barishas, Noach, Lecha, Chavayer, Chayesara, Toldos, etc. Um, but these, these words that we're familiar with, the way that we experience them, are not in the Torah per se. Like the Torah does not split up these sections into Barishas, Noach, Lecha. That's, that's rabbinic, that's Chazal. Chazal explained it that way. And they created these names of Parshios. We, the truth is Parsha is not really, it's a little bit of a misnomer, but that's for a different day. It's really a Sidra, not a, not a Parsha. What is the purpose of doing it that way? The idea is they're giving us a context, they're giving us a lens through which we can see it in a certain way and it's gonna make a certain kind of sense to us. But it's not limiting, it's not the only way that you can be reading these things, it's important to understand that. So if you look at it, they're trying to tell you a story, it's a narrative. Voracious, Noach, Lech Lecha, Vayera, Chayisara, Toldos, Vayetze, etc. is a narrative. And it's basically a narrative about genetics. So when we talk about Voracious being Genesis, coming from genes, we literally mean a story about genes. So, so I'd like to take just a moment to understand a small difference between the way that Judaism works and the way that the other philosophies tend to work. Why are Parshas, Barishas, and Noach in the Torah at all? Who cares? What do we need to know? It's not important. Did the pterodactyl come before the, the tetradon? Does it matter? Doesn't seem to. Who cares if he destroyed it this way or that way? But the truth is, it matters very much because if you can't explain how whatever is going on in your philosophy goes all the way back to the very, very beginning, it, it's kind of a weak idea. So you're telling me that until the 16th century, I'm sorry, not the 16th century, the, the, the 6th century of the common era, yeah? All of a sudden, Akash Baruch Hu comes out and, and, and talks to Muhammad. I mean, where you been? Where have you been? Why now? What did he do to merit that? Nobody knows, but the angel Gabriel came to him and you know, walked him through the, the various levels of heaven and showed him the Quran, and this is what's gonna be the truth forever. It's very abrupt. You have to have a Barishas. You have to go all the way back to the beginning. It has to connect. And I don't mean that you have to have histories. It means you have to have a narrative. There has to be a, a continuum that spans from the very beginning all the way through. That's the idea of Barishas. So it's all about, it's all about taking earth making it into man, and then from that man, making it a very, very type of particular man. So, when the Apostle says in the famous Medrash, Eila toldo shemayim va'aretz v'hi bar'am. So the, so the Gemara says, I'll take you v'hi bar'am, Ela va'avraham. Because when HaKadosh Baruch Hu made man, so the angels are like, Who, who's this? My energy is Karenu. God's like, yeah, yeah, you're right, it's not him. He's nobody. He's not, he's not interesting. Until we actually get to Avraham. But if you don't go backwards, and you don't click those generations back all the way to the original, to the original Adam, you have nothing. Which, of course, is why, jumping ahead to, to Parshas Chayisara, why it's imperative that he goes into that hole in the Ma'ara Samach Pela. The Ma'ara Samach Pela, for some reason, is everything. Why is it everything? It's everything because if Avraham doesn't connect to Adam Harishon, then you don't have this, this grand narrative that all goes back to the very, very beginning. So, we have, we have generations at the end of Parshas Barishas, and we have generations again at the end of Parshas Noach. We've discussed that whenever you have a a grouping of 10 generations, it means we're doing a quantum leap forward in evolution. So we have 10 generations between Adam and Noach, the world is remade, we have 10 generations between Noach and Avraham, and now all of a sudden the world changes drastically. The way that the Torah describes the, the nations, the Shivim Umos, are Iye Ho'amim. They're islands. Why are they islands? Because genetically, they're islands. We're talking about this one guy, Noah, and he's got three sons, Shem, Chom, and Yafes, and from them, Me'ele Nifridu Iye Hagoyim Ba'artzosam. From these, Nifridu, they split apart. The word Nifridu, as we know, super, super important in Barashah, super important in the Torah. 
super important in the Torah because it means, as we see in our parsha and parshas in parshas told those, maybe I have paredu Esav and Yaakov, Esav and Yaakov are Nifrat. Nifrat means they're going to actually separate. They're not going to be one entity anymore. They're going to be two. So these Shivim Umos are not the same entities. They're all distinct. So when you look at the United Nations, you're like, how can you say they're only Shivim Umos? There are hundreds and hundreds of Umos. That's not true. There are there are seventy proto nations proto-nation so it's not it's not clear that the torah would see the spanish and the portuguese as two different people because it may not be in fact it could be that those are countries but not nations and then you can have one nation that has in fact many countries like you have arabs you have ishmaelites ishmaelites are a nation they're a nation they're not a country they're 55 countries but they're a nation so those are the Iye Hagayim. So when it's Nifrat, it means that it absolutely separates, which we find by Yaakov and Esau, and we find it by Avraham and Lot, and that's why we have to reintegrate the daughters of Lot because they were Nifrat, and fine now is not Inkam Makam Laharich. Okay. So when you have these 10 generations, it's a quantum leap forward, and once you have Avraham Avinu, now, now we understand which, which tree it's going to be. But since this tree is so important, since it's literally genetics, we have to keep crossbreeding the tree with itself. So we take, so it's so imperative that Avram is like, well, obviously I have to marry my niece because there are three brothers. There's Avraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran has three children, Sarah, Milka, and Lot. So he has two daughters and a son. Each of his two daughters marry one of his two brothers. The two nieces marry their uncles. So Sarah marries Avram and Milka marries Nahor. And then we're so, we're so taken by these women that we have to go back to find a wife for Yitzchak from these very women, which we saw in Parshas, in Parshas Chayisara. We see in Parshas Chayisara that when, when Rivka is miyaches herself, when the Evid shows up, she says, she says, well, I'm bas besul anochi ben milka She says that the main issue of her is that she is the daughter of besul, the son of Milka, who was born to Nahor, which is not what Eliezer repeats when he talks to the family. When Eliezer talks to the family, he lies about it. And he says that she says, Bas Bisuel Anochi ben Nahor Ashiadolo Milka. And he says Nahor first. Why? So as we mentioned, the that whole repeated parsha is only there for the lies that he tells. And of course, it has to be like that, because the Torah doesn't have to write you something that it already told you. So it must be that the subtleties are the reason why it repeated it. He lies. Why does he lie? Because it's a massive chutzpah to say the name of the of the Bubby before the name of the Zaydi. You would never. You would never. But she does. Why does she? Because that's what's important. What's important is that she comes from Milka. It's the female line of Milka. So Rivka through Milka. And then afterwards, ultimately also, Sarah, I'm sorry, um, Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah. And in fact, the Medrash says, the Medrash says that Rivka says to, that Rivka says to Yaakov, says, go get a wife from Lavan, my brother. So the Medrash says, what's love on my brother? She says, if you go there and you see a girl who looks like me, that's your wife. That's your wife, that's mom, is your wife. And of course, what happens? He shows up at the well, right? So he sees her immediately, immediately. Like he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to blink. He doesn't have to, what, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you like? No, 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 no. It's like, it's clearly you, it's clearly you. So we have to take this branch and reintegrate it and reintegrate it and reintegrate it and reintegrate it. And as we mentioned, all of these women, of course, have one thing in common, they come from Haran. All of these women come from Haran. And the reason that that's so, that's implied in the Pasuk is, is because the word Haran means their pregnancies. Haran, Vataharena. Hina harav yoladet bain. Vataharena means they get pregnant, so Haran are their pregnancies. The people that are important from this line are the females, are the females. So we take this one line. Okay, well, now that we get to, now that we understand which family it has to be, we start weeding out from the family. We end up weeding out first Yishmael, 
and then we weed out <laughs> Asaf. So I'd like to like to maybe have a different way of looking at this whole argument between the stealing of the bracha and how do you even steal a bracha and people people struggle with this mightily. So I want to talk about this for a little bit. I think it's important. Pasuk says in the beginning of of Toldos that which means Yitzhak is 40 years old when he takes Rivka, the daughter of Basul, the Aramite from Aram, the sister of Lavan the Arami, as a wife. Oh, this is my friend Josh, the Floridian from Florida, the brother of the other Floridian. How many times do you want to tell me that? It's, it's awful. It's awfully redundant, first of all. Second of all, it's worse than that because you already knew this from last week's Parsha anyway. So it's not the, just the, the redundancy of the Aramian. There's also the, 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 the fact that the whole Pasuk is superfluous because you knew who she was. You know she's the daughter of Basul and the sister of Lava. Pasuk is coming to tell you like this. Pasuk is coming to tell you. When the Eved, when Eliezer Eved Avraham goes to get a wife for Yitzchak, he's looking for Chesed. That's the ingredient that he's looking for. That's why he says the woman, right? With hashkini damat etc. That's not for Yitzhak. Who is he really finding a wife for? Who does he know in the family? Who does Eliezer really understand? Avraham. And Avraham's all about Chesed, so he needs to find a woman who's a woman of Chesed. So he goes and he finds Rivka, who's a woman of Chesed. That's not why Yitzhak likes her. That's why Eliezer thought she'd be good. You know why Yitzhak likes her? That's his relationship with her. Why does he love her? He loves her because she's the daughter of Basuel, the trickster from Tricksville, the sister of the greatest trickster in the history of tricksters. That's why he loves her. Which becomes hella important later, of course, because she tricks him. And if not for the fact that she had those tachunas on Epish with the ability to, to pull the wool over his eyes, we would have nothing. So thank God that's what he fell in love with. Now, that also will explain, that also will explain, so funny, I had a, last night I was at a wedding and I was talking to a former student of mine. He's a really smart guy, he's an attorney, and he was giving me his, his understanding that, that Yitzchak was, was a moron. That's what he holds, right? He goes, obviously Yitzchak was non compass mentis. He was broken. He was broken, cerebrally. And that's why he couldn't tell the difference between his sons, right? Because obviously every father can tell the difference between their sons, even if they're blind. You don't have to be, you don't have to be given the gift of sight to tell the difference between your twins. Come on. And after all, why the heck else would she fall off the camel? He's giving me this whole thing. It's not his thesis, by the way. There's actually a, a rabbi from IU a long time ago that came out with this, but he was, he was giving it to me last night. So the Pasuk says that, that Yitzchak loves Esau, Kitzayid Befiv, because he hunted with his mouth. So the conventional understanding is because Esav was a trickster and he tricked his dad into thinking he was a big tzaddik. So Esav would, would come up to Yitzhak Avinu and, and ask him all these big lumda shakashas and say, oh, can I, can I do meiser on salt? I don't know. <laughs> right? Okay. So poor, poor idiot Yitzhak Avinu didn't understand that his son Esav is a Russian Marusha. That's not what the Pasuk is saying. <laughs> the Pasuk is saying exactly what it means. It says, Vayev Yitzhak es Esav kitzayid b'fiv. You know why he loves him? Because he's a trickster. Because he hunts with his mouth. Didn't you hear? That's why he loves his wife too. Don't you understand what Yitzhak thinks is the most important thing in our family in order to create Am Yisrael is someone who can deal with Ramos? He doesn't hate, he doesn't love Esav. He doesn't love Esav because Esav makes him think that he's a tzaddik. He loves Esav because he knows exactly what Esav is. And he loves him for it. Because Klai Yisrael needs that. Can't have a melech. You can't have a melech 
who's not Esav. Which is why, of course, the quintessential Melech is David, who is Esav. Because as we know, Chazal explained, there are only two people in the entirety of Tanakh who are called Admoni. There are only two. One is Esav, and the other is David HaMelech. Behu Admoni Mifeinayim. Which, of course, the Gemara explains the difference is the Yifeinayim. Because the Yifeinayim is on the Sanhedrin. So David will kill every bit as much as Esav will, but he's only going to do it. I'll pee the Sanhedrin. Right? And that, of course, that makes all the difference. But, but Yitzchak is not a fool. Chas v'sholem. Yitzchak is incredible. Yitzchak is a massive genius. Yitzchak is the guy, Yitzchak is the guy who has, who has, how should I, the fortitude, the fortitude to say to the king of the Plishtim when he shows up with his cabinet and with his general to make a peace treaty and he says to him, Lama Does this sound to you like somebody who's weak in the mind? Who says to the king that came to make a treaty with him, why did you come here? You hated me and you threw me out? And the reason you threw me out is because I became so much richer than you that people were saying Zevel Pardesov shall shall Yitzhak below Zahav Vachesev shall Avimelech. They'd rather have the dung of my camels than your gold. And you tell me because because I'm an idiot. That's ridiculous. I'm not an idiot. I know exactly what Esav is, and he's awesome, and I love him, and we need him. He's necessary for the development of Kal Yisrael. Now, he's right about that. He's right about that. What's the problem? The problem is Esav doesn't want it. Doesn't want it. This used to drive me nuts as a kid. Like, and it's such an easy answer, you know? It's such an easy answer. And we can give this to children and like, it'll make a lot more sense. So you know, there's, there's three are the fathers and right? so it's four are the mothers and three are the fathers and two are the lupus that Moshe brought. And how come there's four mothers and three fathers? <laughs> like, but I don't understand that. That's not how mothers and fathers work. I don't get it. And the answer is because there's not supposed to be three fathers. There's supposed to be four. There's supposed to be four fathers and four mothers. Duh. Well, if that's so, if that's so, then it would make sense why Yaakov's going to need another name. Because <laughs> he's not only playing his character on TV anymore, he has to play two characters. He's got to play him and his brother because his brother's off the board. His brother's off the board. His brother's not off the board because he's a bad guy that kills people. His brother's off the board because he doesn't want to be on the board. If he wanted to, he could have been. Like the Gemara says, Yisrael Mummer. He should have been. Decide made a decision. Okay, so so now let's fast forward to to what happens to Yitzhak. So unbelievable Targum Yonason here. One second, it's really, really awesome. Okay, so Targum Yonason says like this. Targum Yonason says, and it was when Yisla got old and his eyes were dimmed from seeing. And he said to Esau, his, his big son, and said, my son. And he goes, yeah, I'm here. Let's read what the Targum Yonason says. Let's read what the Targum, you see that? The Targum Yonason and Inuak, Ramesh. Targum Yonason says like this. He says, And it was when Yitzchak got old. And he got blind. Why did, why did he get blind? He got blinded because when his father bound him on the Mizbeach, he saw the Kisei HaKavod. So he went blind. He went blind. And from that point on, his eyes were dimmed. And he calls Esau his big son. On the 14th day of Nisan. And he says, tonight's the big night. It's the 14th of Nisan. Tonight's the big night to give over the brachas. And he goes, Daddy, I'm here. And I'm a little bit curious. Number one, why does the Targum Yonason think that his eyes went bad when he was on the altar? 
the Pasuk says he got old and his eyes went out. This is this is uh, 100 years later, 90 years later. What's shot? Number one. Number two, how does he know it's the 14th of Nisan? Did the Targum Yonason have like a special secret calendar in the Torah? How does he know what night it is? So shots like this. Shots like this. The Pasuk says by Yaakov that Yaakov gets old and his eyes go bad. It says, Ve'enei Yisrael kavdu mizoken. Lo yuchal iroz. And his eyes got heavy from, from being old, from old age. That's how the Pasuk says the age caused the eyes. Here, it's Vayhi kizaken Yitzchak. And it was when Yitzchak was old. And his eyes were dimmed from seeing. They're two different issues. So says the Targum Yonasan, he was already blind from a long time ago. But if he was already blind from a long time ago, then why are you telling me this now? So either you can say that it started then and it was a delayed physiology, and 80 years later it kicks in and all of a sudden now he goes blind from the tears of the angels. Or you can say, something that I think is maybe better than that, that you would say that now it becomes relevant. Now it becomes relevant. Because all of a sudden we're going to have to make use of the fact that he can't see very well. But the truth is maybe we can say even better than that. Why do Yitzchak's eyes go bad, but Avram's eyes don't go bad? Avram's standing right there also. So Islam is very poshant, because Avram's looking down and Yitzchak's looking up, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is super simple, yeah? He's going like this and he's looking like that. Okay, so he goes blind. Meaning, what does it mean he goes blind? It means once he sees that, he no longer sees what we see in this. It's not the shot that he can't see. It's shot that he sees differently. He doesn't see what you and I see. He sees code. He sees matrix. That's what Yitzchak sees. Which if we go back, if we go back to, to the end of Parshas Chayisara, when it says, Here's the guy that can't see a blasted thing right in front of his face, but he can see three miles away that there are camels. That doesn't make any sense. Of course, the answer is push it because Vayetze Yitzchak Lesuach Basada says the Gemara went to Davin. What was he davening for? A wife. So he walks outside to Davin because he just came out of Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. And he sees the code coming at him right there in the matrix. Do you think he sees, sees? No, he doesn't see, see. He perceives, which is so unbelievable because so does she. So she feels him. So she's riding on the camel. And she sees him seeing her. But he pulled me alagamo and she covers herself. Because who is that guy? Who is that guy that's poking me? So she covers herself. That's why she gets off the camel, which is why the Gemara says, doesn't mean she fell off the camel, it means she dodged. So it says, which means to lean. She dodges. Why is she dodging? What is she dodging? She's dodging his look. Because that's how he sees. So he sees things in the shadow world, so to speak. In the world of what's really there. From behind me'achere ha'pargud. But now something else happened that made things very wacky. It was the very last Pasuk before this. What did the Pasuk say before this? The Pasuk said, Esav went and married some people. And what they do, and what they do, says the Gemara, we're going to darshan the smichas of the psukim from the fact that it ruined his sight because of the ashen of the Avodah Zarah. Which sight did it ruin? Oh, nice. 
So Yitzchak has been seeing things in in green on black, right? Isn't that nice? It wasn't the smoke in his eyes. Right, right. Isn't that beautiful? So now, so his first episode of changing the way that he saw was by the altar. And the second one is now it messes up his holy vision because there's Ketoros of Avodah in the house. How does he know that it's the 14th of Nisan? This is actually, I think, very, very elegant. I'll tell you exactly how he knows. Because the Pesach says, It's his birthday! That's how he knows! Because I got old. He was born on the first day of Pesach. <laughs> That's how he knows. As how does he know what day it is? He said, I just got old. That's how. It's his birthday. So he calls in Esau to make him a birthday brisket so that he can give him a bracha. He doesn't know when he's going to die. He has no idea when he's going to die. Okay. So Rivka hears this. Rivka hears this. And Rivka was like, no, this is terrible. This is a terrible idea. Can't give the brachas to Esau. Esau doesn't want the brachas. You absolutely cannot give the brachas to Esau. What's the problem? Problem is, you understand, well, let's, uh, sorry, let's, let's, deal with a, let's deal with a very simple question. Is a blessing a fungible asset, right? Like you have, you have sons, yeah? And Kanei Nahar, you have sons and you have daughters. So you bless them on Friday night. So if you say accidentally to your daughter, poof, she turns into a boy. So if he means to give a bracha to Esau and it happens to be that it's Yaakov with some, with some hairy arms, so he can steal the bracha like he stole his watch? That doesn't make any sense. That's weird. Like, ah, ha, 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 Yaakov, that joke. Okay, come on, Esty, let's go sit down on Papa's lap. Come on. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Your brother came and he tricked me and he took your bracha. <laughs> it's very silly. What's Pshat? Pshat's beautiful. Pshat's beautiful. Listen, Rivka says, Yaakov, you know it's you. You are the one who he wants to bless. He just doesn't know this. He thinks that Esau needs to be the Melech and you need to be the Kohen Gadol. But he's wrong because Esau is not interested. So you need to be the Melech and the Kohen Gadol. And there's only one way that you can show him that. And that way, of course, is Mirma. And the only way that you can convince him that you own that bracha is to go show him that you're Esau. So go show him that you're Esau. So he does. So when he walks in and he says, Mi atabni, and he says, Anochi Esav b'charecha. He's not lying. You understand? He's not lying. So it's not the pshat. I, I, I know like we have, it has to make sense in the contract also. <laughs> Anochi, period. Esav b'charecha, exclamation point, smiley face. That's not the point. He's saying Anochi Esav b'charecha and he absolutely means it. I am Esav, your firstborn. He doesn't mean I'm him. He means I'm this. So the lie, what you want to say. The lie is the truth. Yes, correct. This is the only instance where the truth is not the truth, and the lie is the truth. Well, it's again, it depends on what you mean by the truth. Meaning, the correct answer is not what we would call objectively the truth. The correct answer is if you can successfully lie and convince me that. If you can convince me of that, you can get the bracha. Right. I'm saying that there's a deeper truth. There's a little T and there's a capital T. And when he's saying Anochi Esau Bechorecha, he's saying to his father, the idea that you have of Esau Bechorecha is me. I am that. And it's actually, if you look in the Psukim, it's embarrassing. You want to know why it's embarrassing? It's so sad. He, in he walks. In he walks. Yeah, let's read this. So unbelievable. Vayomer Yaakov El Aviv. I'm sorry. Vayavo el Avi, Vayomer Avi. 
and he comes into his father and he says, Daddy, here I am. Who are you, my son? Really? Who are you, my son? Are you not only blind, but you don't remember that three hours ago you asked me to go out and hunt and make you some food? Like, you don't know who I am? Come on. How do you understand that? Now we're going to be back to, to my friend Zikspja, right? <laughs> that he's an idiot. When the, when the Pasuk asks, Can I give you an example of where the Pasuk does that? The Pasuk does that by Naomi when Rus comes back. Okay, so she goes out and she spends the evening in the Goren with Boaz, Margalosov, which is interesting because Margalosov comes back to Mirashosov, but we'll get to that later in Vayetze. So she goes to sleep, Margalosov, and the next and the next day she comes in, and Naomi didn't know what the interaction between Rus and, and Boaz was, and she sees her and she says, Mi at biti. Who are you, my daughter? Mi at biti. You don't know who I am? She's like, no, I'm asking you who you are. Like, I'm asking you. Who are you? Not who are you. <laughs> Who are you? So when Asaph, ostensibly Asaph, shows up in the door and Yitzhak says, and he says, Avi, and he says, Mi atabni. He wasn't asking, who are you? He was asking an existential question. State your business. To which he answers, Anochi Esav Bechorecha. Anochi. You know the difference between Ani and Anochi? Ani means I. Anochi is an existential statement of, of existence that's redundant. It's a statement of I am. It's not I, it's I am. That's what Anochi means. It's not Ani Hashem Elokecha Asher Otsesicha. It's Anochi Hashem Elokecha Asher Otsesicha. Lama Zeh Anochi. That's the difference between Ani and Anochi. One is I and one is I am, yes. Can you give us another example of the difference? Yeah. Es Achai Anochi Mivakesh. Not Es Achai Ani Mivakesh. I existentially seek my brothers. You wouldn't say I know if he goes to a store. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. No. It's I am. Right. It's what I am. That's what I know. It's what I am. Fundamentally, what I am. State of beingness. Yeah. That's that's what I mean by existential. So. So when he says Anochi Yisov Bechorecha, he means it very intensely. But here's why it's really embarrassing, because then. Esav comes in and he says and he says to him uh, who are you? you poor fool you, you literally pulled out your driver's license and handed it to him he's asking you what you are and you're like oh my tudazihut is 447 like no fool that's not what I was asking you. So even real Esav is like so out to lunch about what it means to be Esav. But Yaakov's not. So of course what happens? He sees hell. So Rashi says, is hell. Mamish sees hell. And he says, oh my gosh. Listen to the words of the Pasuk. Yitzchak freaks out and says, who was the guy who did the, who did the, 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 the food and brought it to me and I ate it and I blessed him? Gam baruchi He shall in fact be blessed. That's the bracha. That's the bracha. The bracha wasn't the bracha because you can't steal a bracha. The bracha was after Yitzchak was moded that he gets the bracha. When was he moded that he gets the bracha? When he realized he'd been duped. 
Bless me also. Your brother came with trickery, took your blessing. He's not joking. He's not being snide. He's not saying your brother fooled me and he stole your blessing. He says your brother came with Mirma. Mamela, he got your blessing. That's your blessing. Now, now, let's just do I, I know we wanna we wanna end this recap. So the idea that Yaakov stole the bracha is crazy, in my opinion. It's crazy. He can't steal bracha. What he has to do is he has to demonstrate to his father that he is what he says he is. But that means if his quest is to demonstrate to others that he is what he says he is, they're going to have to sign off on him. Which means Yitzhak's going to have to sign off that he's Esav. Lavan's going to have to sign off that he's Esav. Esav's going to have to sign off that he's Esav. Sorrow shall Esav is going to have to sign off that he's Esav. And God is going to have to sign off on that. Because otherwise you're not what you said you are. Which means that Yaakov does not ultimately get any of the brachos until Parshas Vayishlach. The brachos aren't ultimately his until he proves what he claimed was always true. Now, to double back, why did it have to be like that? Like, let's maybe say a proof. Let's let's prove this, right? Because this is there's I think a very simple, very elegant proof that this is true. Um, Rivka says to Yaakov, "Run away until your brother forgets what you did to him." That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, you remember that time that you disinherited your brother and you stole his bracha forever and ever and you're going to be the most powerful person in the world? You know what? Just give him a few months. He'll get over it. He'll forget all about it. You're crazy. You're crazy lady. Why do you think he'll ever get out of it? He will never get over this. He'll forget what you did to him. The time that you stole his holy clothes out of the closet that he kept in his mom's house because he didn't trust anybody to touch him and you dressed up like him and you fooled your old blind dad. He's going to forget that? And the answer is, yeah. Yeah. Why? Because he doesn't want it. Imamish doesn't want it. What's the problem? He doesn't know yet that he doesn't want it. Okay, but if that's the case, then... Why did it happen now? If it could have all been glott, if it could have all been nice and smooth, and he could have figured out what he wants in his life, what he doesn't want in his life, why did it happen like this? The answer is simple. Because Yitzchak, Yitzchak pulled the trigger too early. Why? Because he thought he was going to die. He wasn't going to die for another, what is it, 70 years? He's got years left in his life, but he doesn't know that. Because his vision got messy from Esau's wives. So now all of a sudden, Oops, maybe I have to die. I have to do this now. And she hears this and goes, oh my gosh, I can't. No, no, that's a terrible idea. Quick, go do this. Now, so she's right when she says, yeah, you're, don't worry about your brother. He'll get, he'll get completely over it. And she knows him and it's true. And that's the, so at the end of the Parsha, it's very, very beautiful. And the Parsha says that he sends, that she sends him to go to Padanaram, El Lavan Ben Bisuel, that, yo, go to the house of Lavan, son of Besuel, brother of Rivka, the mother of Yaakov and Esav. Give me a break. I like, really? In Parshas told us, you're going to remind me that Rivka is the mother of Yaakov and Esav? And the answer is absolutely yes, because you might think she's only the mother of Yaakov. Kamash Malah, no, she's the mother of Esav too, and she loves him every bit as much as she loves Yaakov. And this is what Yaakov needs to be, and this is what Esav needs to be. And because your father doesn't listen so much all the time, this is what he did. And uh, now we're going to have to take a few years, and it's going to be very, very messy for a while. Now, um, if you'll give me, if you'll give me just a few more minutes, 
I can tell you why I think Ace have opted out. That's up to you. Because remember, this is only like episode one. Like, you know that, yes, right? Yes to all. Okay, yes to all. So Pasuk says, By Yazid Yaakov Nazid. Yaakov cooks a stew. And Asaph comes from the field and he is tired, right? Oh, give me some of the red stuff. And Yaakov says, Sell me your Bechorah. First of all, you're a jerk. You're a jerk. Your brother just came in from the field and he's exhausted and he needs a bottle of water. And he says, oh man, can I please have some of that water? I'm falling. And you're like, remember that watch you got from Zadie? I want it. I got water for you. Just give me the patek. What kind of a jerk is Yaakov? At a Zadie's funeral! Horrible! Horrible! Swear to me, like today. Like today. Mara says, just like the day is baror, it should be baror. I mean, it's very nice, but it's like It's very strange that he keeps repeating that word. And okay, okay. How much money did Yaakov pay for the Bechorah? A bowl of soup. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop. No. That's silly. He paid him a boatload of money for the Bechora. He paid him a boatload of money for the Are you crazy? You think Esav sold the Bechora for a bowl of soup? Vayim Koros, Bechora sold Yaakov. He sold it to him. For how much? Doesn't say. Doesn't say how much. A pile of money. And I'm using that term very, very specifically. A pile of money. So, and then Why is the Pasuk tell you that? What's the Pasuk saying? The Pasuk saying that Esau was cavalier about it and he didn't care. He sold his, his, his Bechorah and then he, got, he ate, he drank, he burped, he got up, he, you know, he threw a tip on the table and he walked out. That's what the Pasuk is saying. How do I know this is true? I'll tell you how I know it's true. Because in Parshas Vayechi, in Parshas Vayechi, Yaakov says to Yosef, bury me in the Maras HaMachpela. Bekivri aser asher karisi li be'eretz kanan shama tik bereni. Bekivri, in my grave, asher karisi li be'eretz kanan, that I dug for myself in Eretz Kanan, shama tik bereni, bury me there. Frech the Gemara, Yaakov didn't dig a grave in Eretz Kanan. No, it says, oh, karisi means to, brought, to buy. She came bikarcha yom koron mechira kira. Karisi means I, I bought it. So what are you talking about you bought it? When did you buy it? When did you buy it? It was with the Iker Chaser Min Asefer much. So says the Gemara, no, because I went over to my brother Esau and I gave him a big pile of money. Miloshin Kri, Karisi from Miloshin of Kri, which also, it means to dig and it means to buy and it means a pile. Mwah, how gorgeous. Asher Kri made a big pile of money and I said, I want your, I want your spot in the Mara. Why? Because you're out. Because you're out. So when did that happen? The, the Torah never recorded the sale. Yes, it did. Of course it did. He sold out. He didn't sell to switch. He didn't say, okay, you'll be the first, I'll be the second. That's not what's happening here. I'm buying you out. It's not you're me and I'm you. I'm me and I'm you and you're out. 
So it's the same sale, the Kivriya Shakarisili, which of course is why when they go to put Yaakov in the Mara Samapela, there's Asav! There's Asav! Also Asav Kama Akev! Kama Akev! So he said, What are you talking about? This isn't for you. And he says, No, what do you mean? It says, Kiryas Arba! Kiryas Arba, he Chevron! What's Kiryas Arba? Kiryas Arba is Adam Vachava, Yitzhak Verifka, Yaakov and me! There was two, two left, one for him, one for me, and he put Leia in his hold, and that next one's for me. So he said to him, Zavinte, you sold it. He goes, Nehid is Zavinte Zavinte. He goes, okay, fine, I sold the Bukharab. Are you telling me that I also sold being a Pasha's son? He said, and yeah, you did. He goes, yeah, where's the star? They said, the star is in in Mitzrayim. But they left it in the safe in Mitzrayim. No, the star is in Mitzrayim. Because the land that connects you, the grave that connects you to the land which Sarah Yisrael, which is the promise that Hashem made to Avraham, which goes back to the original Adama in Genesis, is for this land, and it's in Hebron because it's a keyboard to the Ara, and you can't get there because there's a price to pay. And you know what the bill is? Mitzrayim. The bill is Mitzrayim. The star is in Ara the Mitzrayim. That's where the star is. And if you don't want to go there, then you don't get to go in the ground here. So that's what it means, Bikiviyash Karisi. You see, Mamash opts out. Mamasha Amish opts out. Um, yeah. So I think now at this point we have a, a decent understanding of why the, the Parshios, or at least not obviously this isn't exhaustive of, you know, Parshios Baratius, but of Sefer Baratius, but Baratius and then Noah talked to us about the way that the world was formed literally from earth, Adama, into us. Noah is this world has to be destroyed. And you're going to get a, a second attempt. But the second attempt is not disconnected from the previous attempt because it's the last generation of the previous ten. So you have to have Parshas Noach. And then again, at the end, you have the Aflaga of the Shivim Umos that split off And in that place, you have them all coming together and they have to be dispersed again in the third attempt in the Dora Aflaga and finally resulting in the second 10 generations culminating in Avraham. Once you get Avraham, now we start the weeding process out again and we start regrafting the tree on itself with these girls from the family of Haran of their pregnancies. He be Yitzchak, he carry the Chazara, but not call Yitzchak because one guy's going to opt out. And the guy who opts out is, of course, Esav. And now we'll bring it all the way back to the full loop with one little piece because it says when she gets, when Rivka gets the announcement from the, from, from shame of Vayomer Hashem Law, Shnei Goyim Bevitnechu, Shnei Leumim Me'ayich Yiparedu. Yiparedu. So why does it say Shnei Goyim Bivitne who Shnei Leumi Mimi Ayechi Paredu? So the Gemara says, I'll take your Shnei Goyim or Shnei Gayim. Because the way that it's written, it's a Creek Sieve. It's Red Goyim, but it's written Gayim. Says the Gemara, Zed Rabbi Vantaninos. This is referring to Rabbi Vantaninos. Shlopasku, Mishokharam, Lotsnovi, Mosachama, Valorim, Moskisham, was like the radish and the lettuce, right? They were always such tremendous people. But that's not the point. The point is that there's Shnei Goyim Bivitne who Shnei Leumi Mimi Ayechi Paredu. Because there is an element of you that's not Nifrad. The element that's not written Nifrad between Esav and Yaakov is Rebbe and Antoninus. But of course, once Antoninus dies, it's now Mimi Ayechi Paredu. Now they're going to go in devious directions, like we said before, because Nifrad means you're not going to come back together again. And uh, that'll do for our recap of Saber Parishas. We'll continue soon. Parsvayetze, short break. Wow, nice.